Welcome, everyone, to another Idani podcast. We're here with Cameron Norfleet, a real estate agent here in Connecticut. And today we're going to talk about the Connecticut market, uh, things we need to know for investors, landlords, and uh, property management companies out there looking to to get Cameron's take on on today's market, where we are, how we got here, and where we're going. Hi, Cameron. How how, how are you doing? Doing well. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to uh, to speak to you and your your audience. Um, uh, I'm doing well. I can't complain at all, man. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Good to good to have you on. So uh, let's let's talk about the you know the Connecticut market. Um, what are you seeing as the current dynamics of the market today? Uh, so the current dynamics of the market today, I would say, is crazy. Ludicrous, absolutely absurd. <laughs> that's how, that's how I would sum that up. Um, the, the the market is crazy. It, it's um you know, and this is no new news to anyone, right? Um, everyone knows that that the market is extremely hot. It's a it's a hot seller's market. Um, you know, it's difficult for buyers. Uh, it's great for sellers. Um, you know, so my my recommendation to anyone that that's currently in the market to buy a property is to be patient. Um, you know, if you're an investor, uh, make sure that you go by your numbers. Don't let emotion get to you, you know, and, and you're, you know, whereas you're like, you know, listen, I, I want to buy a property. Let's just offer what they want, whatever the case may be, because you'll regret that on the back end. Um, but it's, it's a crazy market out there and patience, patience, patience to all the buyers out there. You know, um, it will happen. Just be patient, consistent, but patient. Okay. Uh, what's your uh, listings like these days? I know, you know, a lot of you're the investors, realtors, we have a lot of investors looking to buy. Um, you're saying we're in a seller's market right now. Absolutely. Should investors think of listing at this moment, cashing out? Uh, yeah, so it, it depends. It depends on your situation. So, you know, um, if, if there's a property that you have, and it's like, you know, for whatever reason, this this particular property uh, doesn't quite fit into your portfolio the way that maybe you hoped that, that it would. Um, then now would be a great time to offload that property. And that could be for, for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's not it's not cash flowing the way that you wanted it to cash flow or you, you have, you know, some, you know, you have several nuisance tenants in that property, whatever the case may be, you know, um, those properties. Absolutely. You know, I, I think now is a good time to get to get rid of those. Um, you know, maybe you're at the end of your uh, your investing career. You know, you've been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. And it's like, you know what, should I you know, is now a good time to kind of offload the, uh, the, the portfolio? Absolutely. One hundred percent. You know, uh, now for someone that's still in the beginning or, um, you know, you you're not quite ready to retire at this point. I don't think actually, and this is a real estate agent that's saying this right now, right? I don't think that now is the time to sell because real estate is is a um, it's a long term game. You know what I mean? So so I mean, if if you have planned on selling, you know, your, your portfolio or what have you, uh, at twenty years from now, why sell it now? Just just because the market is up, you know, we might experience another dip, you know, between now and the time that you were planning on selling it. But by the time we get there, you'll be fine. So it really depends on your situation, and which is my my advice. Uh, with a lot of things we, that may come out in this podcast interview. Um, but my my advice to many people is 
It depends, you know, when, when they ask, you know, questions, because it really depends on your particular situation. Okay. And for our investors who want to purchase and get into properties, what types of properties are you seeing that are getting the most interest people want the most? Uh, what, what are you seeing out there in terms of property types that, that uh, people are interested in? So most investors are, or at least in my experience, most real estate investors are looking for cash flow. All right. Um, that, you know, that or like, like if they're fixing flippers and that's one thing, but, you know, for the most part, they're looking for cash flow. Um, so with that, I think, you know, the Northeast in general has a, a lot of multifamily property. So I highly recommend uh, that you look at three and four unit properties. And that's where most of my clients are looking is at three and four unit properties. Um, and they're flying, flying off the shelves right now, you know. Um, even yeah. at these high rates, even at these even at, uh, even at the high interest rates, high prices. All of that, um, you know, the, the three and four unit properties are, are, are definitely going, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, investors looking for this. And, and even, you know, owner occupied, you know, house hacking is a big thing right now, you know. Um, so a lot of people are looking at, you know, three and four unit properties, two family properties for house hackers as well. Um, but, yeah, three and four unit properties for, you know, your strict investors. That's what pretty much what they're looking for right now. Right. And and do you think the rents right now justify these high prices? Will these investors get the return they're looking for um, with? You know? That's a great question. I, I feel like we are now getting to the point to whereas it's it's getting tough to cash flow. If if you are paying the list price is getting to a point to where it's, it's tough, it's tough to cash flow, because here's the thing. Going back, I'll say last year or so, um, the I'll put it like this. Let's go back to 2020. That's when things really start to take off, right? Um, so rents were low and pri- uh, prices were relatively low compared to what, what they are now. But they were both increasing at a good rate. Um, you know, the, the rents were increasing rapidly. The prices of the properties were increasing rapidly. Um, we're getting, and from what I'm seeing, we're kind of getting to a point to whereas the prices are still climbing, but the rents are struggling to keep up. Um, so, you know, that's why I say to be patient. You know, if, if you're currently in the market looking for a property, be patient, run your numbers. Let's go by your numbers. Do not get emotional. Um, and, you know, make sure that the property actually cash flows. If cash flow is, is actually what, what you are interested in doing, because not all investors want or need cash flow. Believe it or not, um, you know, if, if there are people that are in a, a certain situation, maybe they're, your nine to five job, you know, you have a, a, a large salary, you know, and, and, you know, and your personal expenses are low. You know, some of those investors, they're looking for appreciation. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, if, if you're looking for cash flow, make sure that you run your numbers. If you're an investor, make sure you run your numbers and, and make your offers based on that. Okay, so what are what are some mistakes you see investors making in terms of running those numbers and doing their analysis? Do you see any improvements that can be made in, uh, in, in just making sure they're accounting for all the expenses that goes into a property? Because I know that as you know, as as I mean, we manage over three hundred properties for um, you know Connecticut investors, and we we get offers to manage all the time. But you know, when we see the analysis that they've done. You know, there's no property management fee in there. There's no the maintenance is way too low for these 
you know, some of these multifamily older properties in, in, in Waterbury. There's no snow removal. There's no pest control. There's no landscaping. We see a lot of the time the expenses not, uh, you know, they're not as accurate as they should be if you want that that uh, th- those accurate numbers. Is, is that your experience? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you, you actually hit one of the very important nails right on the head. And that is that many times when investors buy property, they, if they are planning on managing the property themselves, they don't budget in property management. Uh, I think that's a huge mistake, you know, because here's the thing that, that I tell people all the time is that granted you're buying this property and you're planning on managing it, but the day will likely come <laughs> to whereas you um, either don't want to or you can't manage this property anymore. Um, so if you don't budget in management now, then likely you will either have to sell the property or you'll have to hire a property manager. Um, and so you, you'll definitely want to, to budget in property management uh, into your numbers, even if you are planning to manage the property yourself. I also recommend, and this is kind of a bonus, I guess, I also recommend that anyone... For your first several properties, your first several properties, don't take, don't use the income as, you know, uh, you know, for to pay your personal bills and, and to, you know, go on vacations and things like that. I actually recommend, again, budget for property management. And even if you are managing the property yourself, then uh, pay yourself that property management fee. That's your pay. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend that that uh, everyone that that's looking to buy a property, I highly recommend that that you actually uh, uh, budget in property management, along with all all the other expenses that that you had spoken about, um, snow removal, you know, property tax and all that. People usually think about the property taxes, the pity, all that good stuff, but they don't think about the you know, like I said, the snow removal. Sometimes you know, trash removal. If we're talking about you know, five units or better. Um, you know, uh, landscaping, um, you know, all the things I don't have to listen in front of my head, right. In front of my face right mm-hmm. now, but there's, there's, there's all the expenses that, that you're going to, uh, to face vacancy, so on and so forth that, uh, you know, that you need to budget for, um, you know, when you're buying the property. Okay. And, and once they do, you know, once they do acquire this property, what, uh, what are some tips you have? I know you, you own property yourself and you do some management yourself. What, what are some of your favorite property management tips? Create systems. Um, so pretty much everybody has heard horror stories about, you know, Oh, listen, my, my uncle used to be a landlord. He got rid of the property because X, Y, Z. Right. Um, so, and I'm going to, I'm going to say 99.999% of those times it's due to that person not having good systems, right? How are you going to deal with this particular situation? How are you going to deal with that particular situation? So what I recommend is that once you buy the property and if you're a first time landlord, you shouldn't go through a situation or you should go through a situation. And it's as soon as you're finished, Figuring out how you're going to get through the situation, document that. Okay, document how you got through this, um, because that's creating systems, and you know, and, and your, your systems will, will get you through those those same those same situations going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they um, will happen again. Nothing happens. It will, it will happen. It always, happen. it always happens over and over and over. Yeah. And, and and another benefit is that you know 
uh, if you later on decide that you want to, you know, uh, hire an assistant or whatever the case may be, now they have something to work off of, you know, and now they know how, how you want for various situations to be handled. So my, my advice to, to new investors is create systems. Right. We have a formula we use here at Adani. Uh, we do it, document it, then delegate it. So the three D's, I like that little, uh, every time I find myself doing something more than once, I do it, then I document it, then I delegate it to our assistant or to our team. And, you know, you get that off your plate. But yeah, that's that's some good tips. Um, you know, we. what do you look for? Do, do the quality of the tenants matter when you're either buying a property or showing a property? How, how much weight do you play to, you know, the tenant base and, and, and you know, what they may so, or may not be like? It, it depends. So, so, um, so if I'm representing a client, I leave that 100% up to them. Okay. Like I, I, I would not say, you know, Hey, listen, you know, I wouldn't buy this property because this tenant is, is, is a nuisance. Right. Right. Now I will point out, you know, I will give the, the, the my client information and say, this client is probably going to, to give you problems in the, in these areas. Okay. That's me giving you education. It's your decision. If, if you decide that, that you want to move forward or not. And I'll also probably give you tips on how you can mitigate that. Right. Um, so a, a, as an agent, I will give you information, you know, in, in terms of, you know, if, if a particular tenant is going to be a nuisance or, what, or not or whatnot, I'll give you education on it. If I'm buying, um, it really doesn't bother me, you know, if, if there are nuisance tenants in the property, uh, because I know how to deal with nuisance tenants. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it, it wouldn't necessarily bother me as, as a buyer, as an investor myself. Um, you know, but not, not everybody's built for this landlord life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is a, it is a tough, it's a tough business. You know, you got to deal with a lot of different people. It, it, you know, it can be fun and rewarding, but it's. Absolutely. I, I love what I do, but, but yeah, that, that, to answer your question that, you know, um, I, I kind of leave that to the buyer. I give them the education um, and I let them decide whether or not they want to, you know, proceed or, or whatever the case may be. Okay, so let's let's go into some of the new laws that have come about recently in Connecticut for um, landlords and tenants. I know we have one the you know the late fees can't uh, can't you know have some adjustments on on those late fees. Um, what's what's kind of your take on that? I don't like it. <laughs> that's, that's my take on it. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm in Connecticut. Connecticut is what Connecticut is, right? Uh, I don't invest out of state. I'm, I'm not licensed as a realtor in any other state. This is where I do business. So my, my, my thoughts and the way that I approach it is what comes is going to come. There's nothing I can do about it. My job is to educate myself on it um, and know how I'm going to, uh, to, to work with it. You know? Um, so yeah. So they reduced the, um, the, the, the late fees to a maximum of $50 uh, I think it's like five dollars a day or whatever, up to a maximum of of, of fifty dollars. So or five percent of the balance, right? If right. It's a Section Eight tenant, you can only charge that five percent on their their yeah, portion, on, on not, their person, not right? Control. Um. So right. yeah, I mean, you know, with with all the changes, and the thing is, we actually there actually were some other changes that that they were trying to make that did not get passed. I'm going to say yet, you know, um, but they, they did not pass. Um, but my again, my thing is understand what the, what the laws are um, and know how you're going to work with it. 
it is what it is. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. There's another one for uh, another law change, I believe, for application fees. You you can only charge up to 50 bucks on a screening, tenant screening report, which you need to provide to the tenant, as well as, uh, you know, not charging any move-in or move-out fees. I don't know if that was part of your process, but... I, I, never, I never charged that anyway. Personally. Right. I know some companies did that. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, dealing what, dealing, taking it in, adjusting your systems, and going from there. I mean... That's what it is. Nothing else you can really do. (laughs) Right. Is there anything else big this year uh, that came that you think uh, landlords should know about? Um, Nothing. When you say big, I would say nothing necessarily big for me. You know, if if there are landlords that were charging, you know, the, the, the move in, move out fees and all that, you know, and they were relying on that for their bottom line, then, yes, that would be a huge thing. I never really charged that anyway. Um, but again, I would just say that that's, uh, for anyone, make sure that you are up to date on, if you're in Connecticut, the, uh, Connecticut landlord tenant laws, St- study law, know what you're doing, stay out of, to stay out of court, stay out of fair housing court, stay out of, you know, civil court, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, just know the laws, know the laws. And like I said, it, it is what it is. There's, there's only but so much we can do. Uh, we live in Connecticut, so you know, Connecticut is not very landlord friendly state. Right. That, right. It's, yeah, it's getting, uh, it's getting, I, I think, I feel like they're, they're following whatever New York does in terms of <laughs> yeah. some of these laws. Well, th- thank God we're not there because New York is just ludicrous. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have my personal feelings about it. Um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, politically speaking, I won't get into all that right now, you know, but, uh, Again, I, I think that the best course of action is know the law and, you know, move accordingly. All right. Okay. What are some of your predictions for uh, for next year? I know there's a lot of talk about recession, no recession. What are your thoughts on where we go into next year um, for, for, for real estate, either prices or recession trends, you know, rental prices? What do you see in the near future? Yeah. So um, one thing that, that I want to make sure I get across is that recession does not necessarily equate housing crisis. It does not necessarily equate uh, housing crash. You know, so if the, if the economy in general is in a recession, that does not mean that we are going to have a housing market crash. So, you know, are we going to enter into recession Someone might say that we are in a, in a recession. Some people might, might say we've been in a recession and for political reasons, they, they just don't want to announce that. OK, um, so are we going to enter, you know, as far as the whole recession thing? Um, we probably will if, if we if we are not currently in a recession, we probably will go into recession um, as it relates to, to this particular conversation. You know, the housing market, what will happen with the housing market? Uh, I think that the the prices will likely continue to rise. I think that they'll slow. Um, and I think that they will level out at some point, um, probably next year. And full disclosure, I did say they're going to level out in 2023, <laughs> so, but, but they'll continue to increase. Just want to throw that out there. Um, but, but yes, I think that they will continue to rise uh, in which they, they have done. And I, I do believe that they will level out. Um, and I'll tell you why. I, I think that, we're getting to a point of it's more so an affordability crisis right now. 
Um, and so people can only pay but so much unless they start um, unless they start uh, giving out 40 year mortgages or 50 year mortgages or whatever and, and reduce the, the, the monthly out of pocket expenses of the borrower. Um, we're, we're going to hit a, an affordability ceiling. Uh, and that's what I believe will slow down and probably stifle the market, not crash it, but but, you know, just kind of level it out. You know, that those are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. How does that affect the renters? I think that now if people can afford to buy, you know, there'll be more renters in the market to, Absolutely. you know, which may keep keep rent strong, keep them, you know, up there and maybe even rising a bit since since they can't afford to buy a house. Um, how, how do yeah, you think? I, about I, I agree. And, and, they, and they both kind of go hand in hand as as rents increase, um, the prices of the properties may also will likely also continue to increase um, because investors can pay more for the property because the property can sustain a higher, you know, it'll have higher income. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, as the, the affordability of buying a, a, a home for, for, you know, to actually reside in as, as that becomes less of a realistic option for people, those people will, will remain in, uh, in the rental market and which will keep the rental market strong. Um, it, it's, it's just kind of pull and push on, on both ends, you know? Um, but again, I, I, I do believe that they will all kind of level out because I feel like, like we're kind of approaching that affordability ceiling in terms of buyers as well as renters. You know, I, I feel like we're kind of approaching that affordability mm-hmm. ceiling. In right. And your buyers who, who approach you are... Do you see more FHA loans now because these interest rates are so high? I know there are different programs that, you know, give first time home buyers, you know, a more a, a better shot with lower down payments, even a break in interest. What are you seeing in terms of loan types? Are you seeing more cash offers more? I'm, I'm seeing everything. To be honest with you, I'm seeing everything. It, it just it really depends on the buyer. Um, I, I, In my personal experience, I can't really say that I'm seeing more of one than the other. A lot of um, a lot of first-time home buyers that are looking for a single-family home. Yes, they they're, they're use a lot of my people are using FHA. Um, investors like sole sole investors they can't use FHA because FHA is a it's an owner-occupied product. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're using conventional or some sort of private money or or even um, commercial loan or what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I really can't say that I see one that that's kind of, um, you know, jumping off the page, you know, more, more than another. It really just depends on the type of buyer it is. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Sounds good. So where how's your uh, business going, Cameron? What do you where do you hope to be in the next couple of years in your business? So uh, I'm glad you asked that. So um, I actually recently in July. Yes. In July is when I launched my brokerage, Trinaya Real Estate. Um, I was with uh, another large brand um, company for 15 years, um, and I I decided to go out and and, and launch on my own. So my company is two months old, (laughs) you know? Um, So I have a lot of of plans and and things that that I plan to do with this. You know, the the, the handcuffs are off, you know, know, the, the, the... in terms of you know where I was to, to now, this is kind of my own. 
Um, so I can kind of make it my own and, and do things that, that, that I want to do with it. Um, so I'm excited, man. I, I'm really excited about, about things, things to come. Um, you know, as, as a company, my, my plan is to focus on education, you know, so a lot, like I, I do a, a, um, a, a, a monthly, uh, webinars and, and so on and so forth, because my thing is I, I want for, if you're going to buy a property, if you're going to sell a property, or even if you're going to rent a property, I want you to be educated as to what you're getting yourself into. Um, because the thing is that people have long-term goals as well. So I don't want you to, if your goal is to, you know, eventually have a, a bunch of rental properties, then your first property should probably not be your dream single family home. Your first property should, should probably be a multifamily property. So, so my, my thing is I want to find out where you're at just as a company. This is what I kind of want to focus around is, you know, finding out where the client is and where do you plan to get to. Based on that, we can kind of help you to, uh, to, to determine what's the best route for you. A lot of brokerages don't do that. They just say, well, you want to buy a house? Okay, well, here's a bunch of houses. And that's right. what, what What did you say you couldn't do before and now with your own company you can do? <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> there were conversations, you know, over there, um, you know, and, and it, it's it's like, OK, so if, if I wanted to do X, Y, Z, I need to kind of, you know, launch it on my own. Um, you know, I, I they're good people over there. I, you know, I just want to kind of leave that over there. But mm-hmm. that's that. Okay. All right. That right. sounds good, man. So, oh, yeah, I wish you good luck with your uh, with your business. How, how can people get in touch with you? Um, so you, you can, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, um, it's just, uh, my name, um, Cameron Norfleet, um, C-A-M-E-R-O-N last name is N. Well, you have it right there. N-O-R-F-L-E-E-T. Uh, it's just my name, Cameron Norfleet. That's, that's where, where I'm pretty active at. You could also ju- just go to my, uh, the, the broker's website and shoot me an email. Uh, you, you see it right there on the screen, how to spell Trinaya. Um, <laughs> and that that's, it says Trinaya.com. Um, and Trinaya, just so you, so you know, is a combination of, of my kids' names, um, you know, because for me, this, this is a legacy thing, you know, it, right. it's, it's, all, it's all about legacy. So, um, yeah, just go to Trinaya.com uh, or, or hit me up on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube. You can type in my name into, into YouTube and you see all my videos and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's a good way to get in contact with me. Okay, great. Well, Cameron, thanks for joining us and uh, we wish you all the success and luck in your business. And, uh, you know, we hope uh, hope things work out for the best. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. You too.